Okay, we are moving right along in the New Testament. We are doing the New Testament in a year. We take about 10 minutes a day, and we try to get most of the passages, and we don't always get all of them, but we get most of them. So we're moving along, and we're in Mark's Gospel. Mark is the power gospel. He's writing with the audience of first century Romans in mind, and first century Romans were enamored with the power. And so Mark is the power gospel, a power encounter after power encounter, strength after strength, and he uses strong adjectives and strong words. He likes the power. He's kind of the WWE gospel. <laughs> so... Uh, is it WWE, the Worldwide Wrestling uh, Association? There was F, I don't know what it is. So anyway, but that's who he is. He likes that power. So Jesus left there, left where? He left when he had healed the daughter of this Roman centurion. And he was accompanied by his disciples. So his disciples are watching him and learning from him. He's mentoring them. We would call it discipling them, making disciples out of them. And he was accompanied by his disciples. Verse 2, when the Sabbath came, which would have been the day that they would worship, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. So it was customary to invite other people to speak in the synagogue, and Jesus is now seen as a teacher, as a rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. And so they allow him to speak in the synagogue. And it says the people are amazed. Now, you've got to remember that these people have probably been going to the synagogue their whole life, these small communities of people, and uh, they go week after week, year after year, decade after decade, and their fathers went, and their grandfathers, and their grandmothers, and their great-great-grandmothers went, and they're amazed. Something's happening. Something is, something is different when Jesus is teaching in their synagogues. And they said, where did this man get these things? Where does he get this? And what is this wisdom that's been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Not only is, he, is his teaching sort of fascinating and hitting them to the heart, but he's performing miracles. So they're curious about it. And they said, isn't this the carpenter? Well, Jesus was a carpenter. Now, uh, probably didn't work as much with wood as he worked with wood and stone and, uh, you know, even mud and some of these uh houses. Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? So he's got at least four brothers. Jesus was born of a virgin, the Virgin Mary, but afterwards her and Joseph had other children. And there they are. And they said, aren't his sisters here with us? You know, who is he? Like, why can he do miracles? Why, when he teaches, is it so different than the teaching we've heard, even though it's using the same words and even the same passages? Because they would, in the synagogue, what they would do is they would just go through the Old Testament. They would just go through it consistently and chronologically. And so they'd heard some of these passages before, but when Jesus is talking about these things, it brings on a whole different feeling, a whole different experience for them. And they took offense at him. Huh. Why would they take offense at him? Well, I guess it depends on who took offense at him. It doesn't seem like the common people are taking offense at him, but the religious leaders are taking offense at him. Why? Well, I guess he's showing them up a little bit. Uh, they can say some words, but they can't work the miracles. And when they say the words, even similar words with Jesus, it just they're enlightened by it. And when they do it, they fall asleep or something. 
So Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his, his own home. So he's back where he lives, and sometimes it is true that being familiar, we don't listen to people. You know, if you're the son or the daughter of a celebrity, or if you're the son or the daughter of a great athlete, Super Bowl champ, uh, if that's your brother, that's your sister, uh, politician, well-known person in the media, you know, you just know them and you know them as them and you might not take them so serious. And, and I think that Jesus is saying that, that sometimes even those of us who have come to Christ and, and share with family and share with friends, they're like, ah, oh, you know, whatever, what does, you know, what does that guy know? But some other guy pulls in from out of town, says the same exact thing you're saying, and all of a sudden everybody is like, wow, <laughs> I'd never heard this before. Well, yeah, you did. I've been telling you all along. So uh, he said he couldn't do a lot of miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith, that they just didn't have any confidence that God would be working through somebody that they knew. So then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. He's going all over the place. He's going all over the land of Israel, as we call it today. And then he called the 12 to him, those disciples that were with him when he was healing and going to the home of the centurion and teaching on the mountainside and teaching in the boat. And so he calls those 12 to him. And he began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over impure spirits. Well, Mark likes us that you have authority over impure spirits because he likes that Jesus has power over the supernatural. He likes that Jesus has power over supernatural beings, over angels, that he's great, greater than angels, and he has power over demons, that he has power over the supernatural, he has power over creation, he has power over nature, he has power over sickness. He likes that. And these were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. Take a stick. You don't need to bring any bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against it. So he's sending them out and he's promising that he's going to provide for them. He said, you don't need to bring a bunch of money. You don't need to raise a bunch of money. Just go and you'll be taken care of. This is a little bit of a different message than we hear sometimes from uh, media Christianity and that which we see on our screens or, or here in other places. Sometimes you would think that God is broke and that he can't provide for his servants and can't provide for his work. Well, God has always provided for his work, and he told these guys he's going to provide for them. He's going to take care of them. Now, hospitality in the first century was very, very important because there are no hotels. There's no inns as such. Uh, there's no Airbnbs where you can you know, rent a whole house uh, in the forest or on the beach. <laughs> and so um, hospitality was important, and as these guys traveled, they were dependent on the hospitality of the people that they met. And Jesus says, you know, if, if they welcome you, then go in and, you know, grant your peace. And, and if people don't listen to you, then just leave. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to try to slam this down people's throats. 
So we move on to, um, and, and they went out, verse 12, and preached that people should repent. Again, repent means to change your mind. It's not so much changing your actions, because you can change your actions and not change your mind. Right? We, we like to say that, yeah, this often happens with children, right? So you tell them, you know, go sit down. And so they go sit down. And when they're sitting down, you're like, I said sit down, and they are... I am sitting down, <laughs> but you know, even though they're sitting down, they are standing up inside. So your actions aren't always the same as your thoughts. Repentance means to change your mind. Change your mind about the way that you think about yourself. Change your mind the way that you think about God, that they should repent. And they drove out many demons. They anointed many sick people with oil and they healed them. They were doing what Jesus had done and Jesus gave them authority to do that. Now, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verses 14 through 29, is about John the Baptist. And we already read that account in Matthew, if you were with us. So we're going to jump over that one and, and over the feeding of the 5,000 so we can get maybe most of this chapter. So we pick up in verse 45, where it says that immediately, this is after Jesus uh, feeds the 5,000 with just a few loaves and a few fishes. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in a boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. So he tells those guys, get in a boat and go. As he was leaving them, he went on to the mountainside to pray. If Jesus got alone to pray to God, it might be good for us to find some time where we can get alone and pray to God. Uh, right now, this is partly prayer as well, because prayer is certainly talking to God, but it's also listening and listening to his word. And so we're looking at his word and trying to listen to it. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. You can imagine that scene. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the water, and he was about to pass them by. But when they saw him on the lake, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out because they all saw him, and they were terrified. What is that? What is that? Is that a Chinese weather balloon? <laughs> what is that? Who is that? And immediately he spoke to them and he say, said, Take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves and their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and they anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized him. And they ran throughout the whole region. They carried their sick on the mats wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into the villages, the towns, the countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces for him. They begged him to let them touch even the cloak of his garment, and all who touched him were healed. And so we touch Jesus, and he heals us, and he heals our life, and he's healing my life, and he's healing your life. So Jesus, walking on the water, Mark loves that because he likes it. Jesus has power over everything, including the creation, including nature, and that he can actually go above the laws of nature, as we call them. Well, he created the laws. He's above him. So bless you guys. We'll continue on in March.